Welcome, everybody, to the Chinchilla Picking Podcast. It is June the 24th, 2022. And as always, we hope to be entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. Good evening. My name is David Underwood, and I am here with Brandon Beaver. Brandon, how are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I'm a little tired right now, but the room I'm in right now has like barely any air conditioning. It's really annoying. I'm really hot right now, but I'll get through it. It'll be all right. Good, good. I'm really tired of all these extreme heats for uh, June, man. You know, it's going to be a little much. Yeah, it was, what, 95 degrees the other day? I mean, we yeah, we get 90s here in Cincinnati, but we uh, usually get it in July or August, September. We don't usually get it in June. So it's been a little hotter it's earlier than usual. My AC in my car can't keep up with what it's it's too hot and shepherd smith is on cnbc at noon on and him and his eyeliner man get him and his eyeliner off of my tv i'm turning on cnbc for business news i understand the importance of roe versus wade i get the importance i get the significant importance of it i understand okay that's for fox news it's for msnbc it's not for cnbc i'm looking at business news we had a monster rally today compared to what we've had we we had a okay so tell me why we're having a rally what is behind this all day today it's about abortions yeah and i i understand that you know even if you're a business news site you got to report on the big event so do a report and then move on to business news you know have it at you know i don't know it's a huge event so once an hour spend a couple minutes and then move on to business news because that's what we're watching for that's what we want to know about what's moving the markets what's why is this bank moving this way why is that company moving this way you know that what's what's the latest reports out today you know i mean come on we want the petroleum report we, we want to know that we want to know what's going on with the uh you know we're going to get the uh gdp report next week you know, and if that's negative, then we're technically in a recession by the definition. So, I mean, we, that's the stuff we want to know. We don't want to know about, you yeah, know. I don't want to see some guy that could have played Dracula in a 1920 silent movie with all of his eyeliner running because he's crying about politics. I want to yeah. watch business news. Exactly. Exactly. And there was a good amount of business news today. I mean, I'll just, I mean, here, let me just read off some of the high, high, the headlines here that you could have, if you were, you know, wanting to just cover the news, you could have just covered just these things here. Um, we have Apple's ready to bargain with this first store to unionize, right? Yeah. Well, oil. IMF, the, the uh, internal, yeah, international monetary fund slashes us growth forecast. He's narrow and path to avoid recession, you know, North open Raytheon when key hypersonic defense contracts, um, here is Chevron to relocate head office within California and sell the existing headquarters. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot here. Moody's reaffirms United States rating at AAA, which I, I don't think they should, but you know, <laughs> I, I understand their, their reason for doing it. But I mean, look, I'm just reading off some headlines of things you could have talked about. Yeah. There's lots of things going on today, there always is. But hey, it's getting close to a buy again. What is it? Raytheon. Both yeah. Raytheon and Lockheed Martins, we called them buys last year because we were looking at uh, this whole situation with Russia playing out and then potentially even situations with China. 
And those have given up a lot of their gains in the past year. I think Raytheon's only up 8%. Lockheed Martin's somewhere around the same. Well, I mean, now we have to have a hypersonic missile because China and Russia have a hypersonic missile. So who's going to win in that? Raytheon, North, or Kronum? Because there's the ones who are going to pay for it or build it. You Which know? that one's L3X, Lockheed Martin LMT, Raytheon RTX. The symbols on the stock market, of course. I We actually uh, weren't I, meant to be a, covering those right now. This is just a sidestep, too. Yeah, <laughs> but and then I'm going to go a little bit further with it, too, because... JP Morgan put out a an interesting article and they're kind of being like the one bank that stands alone in this point of view where they're saying that there's a good possibility that the United States will escape a recession this year and that investors um, have priced in catastrophe and that when we don't get the catastrophe, stocks will rip back upwards and we're poised for a great second half. Part of their thesis here with their foreign policy uh, analysis is that Russia and Ukraine will enter into a ceasefire. Now, if that happens, we will get a rip your face off rally because too many people have put like everybody's put so much importance on the Russia Ukraine thing. We're not getting Russia oil back. It's not going to happen. But the initial positive reaction to a, a ceasefire uh, especially when it comes to the price of wheat and, and things like that, that, you know, come out of Ukraine, it will rip your face off. We, we will get a nice rally off of that if that happens. Um, we've started to see some, some dominoes of inflation fall. We're, we're seeing steep tech discounts. Oils came back down again. I don't know how sustainable that is, but um, it, it has come back down again. Uh, I think some of the uh, speculation has tapered off, and that's the reason why we've we've given back some of the gains that we've had in oil. That's not a bad thing. Um, so, so for right now, from what I'm looking at, I'm starting to see the potential that inflation has peaked. Okay, so I got a number of things to say to that. I took you on. I, I really do. I, I want to. I want to just just go off here, but we're going to do it point by point. But first, you know, guys, uh, Brandon jumped the gun here. I have to tell everybody the rules, Brandon. The rules, <laughs> rules, 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 rules. Brandon and I get together five to ten minutes before the show. We tell each other what we're going to talk about. You hear the live discussion here on the show. We save it for you. If you like what you hear, go ahead and hit subscribe, follow us, and let us know what, how you, what you like about it. DM us, follow us on Stock Twits. We're on there as well. All right. What you just said about inflation. Um, number one, I want to tackle that timeline thing because last week on this show, I said that I'm looking at October as a possible, possible time that the stock market turns around. And I said there's a three to six month lag with Main Street versus the stock market. Yeah. So, you know, and I believe that we are technically in a recession. I believe that it's going to be a short or shallow one. Um, and I believe that the most, the best possible case is we're looking at October as a boom turnaround point. You know that that was that's the point when we start to move up, and it's going to be more of a like a V or a U, and we'll go right back up to where we were before in just a matter of months. So I I agree with that standpoint there. Um, but J.P. Morgan I believe is wrong in that we are not going to be in a recession. The GDP number next week should 
should point that out that we had a negative GDP for this past quarter. And thus we actually had two quarters straight of negative GDP, which is a recession. So I believe that we are technically in a recession and the numbers will show that next week. That's why I, you know, last week I also said that I'm about four is about four to five weeks out from being fully invested because I'm buying sl- slowly every week as things stay low. You never call the bottom. I can never call the bottom. I tried to call the bottom on Instagram on Riot uh, when it was at like five eighty, and it went down to below five, and now it's back up to hit five eighty today. So I mean, it it. It's back up, but I mean, like, you can never really call the bottom. I use that as an example of, you know, you, you know, I, I just have found the time that I wanted to start accumulating a bigger position in that company. Um, and it, it's just, I, I think that, you know, we need to be still accumulating positions. I don't think you see an end right now. Like I said, I don't see the full turnaround, turnaround until October. I say you use this time right now to accumulate positions in strong companies. I still maintain that view and maintain that. And then if the off chance, by off chance, um, next week's GDP numbers come in positive somehow, they probably won't. But if they do, oh, man, that's going to be a wild ride up. Because I don't know if it would be a wild ride up, but it should make markets move up. Nobody's expecting it, though. We've all priced in the end of the world. (laughs) I mean, not today. We rallied back up, but I mean, like it was like catastrophic there for a little bit. Like we were we were seeing COVID lows when the economy was shut down on some stocks. So it is. I think I think if if I think if we're not in recession and GDP comes back positive next week, which it probably won't, but if it does, I think I think we're going to have a huge rally. So here's how I know we 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 we're starting to to bottom out, or if we've already bottomed out and it's already past that point of buying in at the exact bottom is. I see, I see all these 20, 19, 18 year old TikTokers over there talking about, you know, <laughs> oh man, you know, crypto's going down. It's going down to zero. I'm like, oh man, if they're yeah. saying, if every one of them, every single one of them is sitting on there and posting on their phones and saying it's going down to zero, that's my time. I want to buy some of that uh, because yeah, they're, they're, if they're all saying it, they're all wrong. Yeah. You know, that's typically what you see You because the everyday person, I mean, right now, the, I mean, I look, I'm not going to sit here and try to push crypto right now because I think it's a risky buy right now. But I think Bitcoin would be a safe buy at these levels, very safe buy at these levels, because it's going to go back up to at least over 30, maybe even 40. But and what I'm saying is that when when you see all these retail people getting on their TikToks or their YouTubes or their Instagrams and saying, oh, this is why it's a bear market now and we're all going down four months after the move has already happened. You know, I, that tells me that they're finally starting to buy in that it's a bear mar- market. And, you know, it's too late by that yeah, point when they have, sure all the masses late. are. It's uh, they've all went from thinking they were going to get rich overnight to to uh, uh, being Peter Schiff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet you 20 bucks, half of them don't know who Peter Schiff is. I'm sure half the people that listen to this don't know, but that's okay. <laughs> They're still educated. It's just, I'm a nerd. But Peter Schiff, he sells gold, right? And he is, a, I'll say, he's, a, he's an economist. <laughs> but, yes. and, and a lot of the things he says make sense, but he's selling gold. So, 
when when he's so bearish on Bitcoin, which by the way, people forget for the past five years, it's up 800% still. It's not like it's, it's like the worst thing in the world. It's not like it's going to zero anytime soon. In my opinion, it did predict inflation. It's just that when inflation happened, people took the profits and a sell the news kind of event. That's my opinion on, on and, and it did it better than gold, but we'll see if it, if it continues to hold up. But his knocking on Bitcoin is constantly, uh, it, it's happening because Bitcoin is a competitor to gold and he sells gold. That's his business. So he wants you to buy gold, obviously, and not Bitcoin. But anyways, I for, I got off track there, Dave. I got. We're off talking track. about the YouTubers and the retail yeah. traders getting on yeah. all their yeah, TikToks. So I just sat, just speaking of the YouTubers and TikTokers and Twitters, and going into FedEx's earnings yesterday, I was watching a bunch of people just get at each other, go at each other's throats about whether or not FedEx was double topping or whether it was a double bottom or whether it was a falling wedge pattern. Hold on, hold on. Was it a a, a triple shot extra foam ice <laughs> macchiato? Because, guys, I, I, I'm sorry. This is a pet peeve of mine. This is a pet peeve of mine. You yeah. cannot outthink the market. You are not smarter than than the, the market. You cannot say, oh, I know this kind of chart pattern is – going to be the xy flutter b wing you know i know yeah. you, you buy low you sell well, high it's exactly. simple and in but in fact in the fundamentals will work themselves out i will say this double tops and double bottoms sometimes do play out and so does a triple bottom which is a bad thing and i'm 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 fairly fairly um familiar with these kind of charts that they're all arguing about they were all there which is the craziest thing, too, because this tells you how charting can, can be very unreliable. It was a falling wedge. It was a double bottom. And it was a double top all at the same time. But what overrules all that is it was trading at a 0.6 price to sales ratio. And then so the company reports earnings. Uh, they, they upped their guidance, which surprised everybody to the uh, upside. They increased their dividend by 58%. Um, but they missed revenue by, I think, uh, 0.1 billion dollars or something like that. So there's a little bit of a miss on the on the top line there. But yeah, but I mean, look at the look at the economic situation right now. You know, er, you know, it, it's okay to miss revenue as long as you're making the adjustments right now. We understand it, we get it. We we we're like, okay, everybody's going to have a little bit of a miss in revenue right now. But can you maintain that bottom number? Can yeah. you show that you're effective leaders? and effectively run a company and maintain that bottom number and show, okay, here's how we're going to come out of this it, good. It was their pricing power that did it. So revenue, I'm going to just quote directly from the conference call here from their uh, chief customer, uh, chief customer officer. Revenue management actions drove our growth, which was partially offset by lower shipment demand. So there was lower demand there. FedEx Ground and FedEx Express generated year-over-year revenue growth of 4% and 6%, respectively, despite lower volume revenue. So the pricing, they have pricing power. That's what kept them up. And we've talked about, you know, you go into the inflationary environment, you want a company that has pricing power. Uh, this company also adjusted their earnings per share for fiscal year 2023 of $22.50 to $24.50. So it's quite the gain there. Um, on their uh, projected uh, growth for uh, EPS. It's 
they are they revised their guidance upwards. Um, and the fact set consensus was actually them to fact set uh, was expecting them to lower their guidance to two twenty two uh, sorry twenty two dollars and twenty one cents. So they they actually increased it. So they're they're expecting some growth there coming into the end of twenty twenty three as well, um, or going into twenty twenty three. Um, doesn't look like they're looking for a recession either. They, well, they, all right. So everybody's of, uh, quarter one, and and they did say that quarter one that COVID had some effect on that as well, at the very beginning of their lower demand. Hey, now look, I. A lot of these uh, CEOs and board of directors have a lot more information than I do. And, and I get it that they're not looking for a recession, quote unquote, and they probably are seeing things in the economy that I can't see. They could buy yeah. things. It, and it, could, it could also be that whatever they expect to happen here in the United States might be offset by China or uh, whatever um, Asia businesses, um, you know, they're dealing with. So, I mean, that, that could be it, but as well, but, my, my point I'm getting to, Brandon, is the fact that uh, everybody has had lower revenue recently. Yeah. And so that it continued into the second quarter. And by definition, a recession is just two straight quarters of lower of negative GDP, which yeah. I believe we're going to have. I, I so, agree. And so that, that means that, you know, yes, it could be just the two straight quarters. And then Q3 of this year, we start to we start to come out of it. We may not have a stellar positive GDP of 6.5% or something, maybe like 1% or 0.5, but it's going to be positive. And, you know, I believe that that's what's going to drive us. And then when October comes around and hits because of that news, the market's going to take off and, and really, really, really rally back up to where it was. That's why I said you're going to see a U or a V. If we see a U, that means we're, we're pretty much at the bottoms now, and we're just going to stay here up and down, hanging around the trenches until we get that catalyst, that numbers, those reports in, and it shoots us up. Yeah. Well, listen, if, if, if you bought FedEx when I told you to buy it, not just last <laughs> week, but a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was, uh, I think I said to buy it around $200 and you made your 20%. So I took my gains yesterday after the earnings report was released. I made about 13%, 12, 13% somewhere around there. So with that being said, if you take your, your gains, go ahead. Um, there, there's never any shame, Dave. You said this the other day to me on text. There's never any shame in taking gains. If those GDP numbers come back next week and they are negative and they probably will be and it will show us in a recession, most likely, FedEx will take a tumble. It'll be one of the first companies to take a tumble. So that's why I took my gains. Would it be a good buying opportunity at that moment? For sure. Yeah. It's because it's even right now, like if we were looking at smooth sailing economically, I'd, I would have held it. And I would still be recommending buying it right now if it wasn't for the potential of this recession. So, yeah. I am, sure. I'm so glad there's, there's one of us on the show that is actually getting his calls right and actually doing things well right now, Brandon. And that's you, because oh, I, I just cannot something. call anything to save my life right now. I, I called the buy meta when it was in the 230s, okay? <laughs> and that was that was my original. And here's the most important part. Like, we've talked about having the dry powder aside. My cost average is down to 182 now. So I did not call the bottom on that, but I'm still comfortable with it, you know? And just a little bit on the subject. There, there's a difference between cost averaging down rationally and catching a knife. 
people always say you're catching, you know, don't don't go catching the knife, right? If you're cost averaging down rationally, you're buying a company that has had no material change in value of itself. And um, it's just been hit really, really hard because the expectation of a change in material value that you don't think is actually going to pan out. So right now for me, yes, there's in meta there, there is for sure heavy competition with TikTok, right? But they have reels and reels is going to, I think, materialize very positively. Facebook, people look at it like it's a, you know, oh, it's just all for the old people. The young people don't care about it now, but they overlook the fact that Instagram is still the most popular app for young people and it's owned by Facebook. Yeah. So, and not to mention that uh, when, how many big corporations came out and said that they are opening up metaverse shops where you could buy stuff yeah. online in the past month. Nike said they have a metaverse shop. I could go in there and get my Nike shirt. For my avatar as I whirl around the whole metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> so and I th- and I do believe in the future of the metaverse. Right now, nobody's in the mood to speculate about anything, so they're not pricing it in. But if it pans out the way that we expect it to pan out, then the stock's gonna go right back up. So I'm I am not concerned with a 182 average on Facebook right now. I am prepared to buy more on dips at some point. I'm not, it's not my next stock on my list. Um, I've also added more to Activision. I'm continuously like accumulating that while it's near 20% below where it's going to get bought out at. Um, so Activision, I. You're building positions and companies yes. you believe in right now, which is what we've been saying. It's what we've been saying time, for about a month. First time I bought Spy since pre-COVID. I don't think I bought it during COVID. I may have played calls on it um, coming back up, but I don't think I I even bought SPY then. I think I was individually picking stocks. Now I went for SPY. Let me tell you why though, okay? Because it's a little bit of a different reason than what most people would. I bought Zen. Hey, hey, can you, before you go into it, can you explain what SPY is for those who may not know? It's an S&P 500 ETF with a very low expense ratio, which means that you're paying very low management um fees to get into it 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 doesn't track the s&p 500 exactly but it's very close to it so you're basically just buying the s&p 500 but it's it's as an exchange traded fund so you're doing it through the stock market and the ticker is spy and i bought zim the shipping uh company which has been just a wild ride ever since i bought it it was up and down and up and down i'd be up like 10% 10% down 10% down 15% whatever that thing was like having havoc on my portfolio even though I still think it's a value and um I've found I found myself looking at my phone every day looking at it what's happening today and so I decided to buy spy to kind of bring down my beta a little bit and bring down my uh my volatility kind of anchor myself to the S&P 500 a little bit so um you know if you're like me you work 50 to 60 hours a week you can't really be checking your phone all the time so it lowered my volatility, allowed me to keep my position. So, I, I am not like you. I can I can check my phone every now and then. Uh, you, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, and spy. You said that uh, TD Ameritrade would allow you to trade at all hours of the day, Monday through Friday. Twenty four five, twenty four hours a day, five days a week. And it was also good. I wouldn't just go out and buy. Uh, I wouldn't go out and buy anything just because I wanted to lower my volatility. I bought it because it was a good price. It's a good value. 
And that's what we're looking for in this market. Good values, good companies, companies that have that good price uh, profit margins on their um, goods. So yeah, there up, you go, man. Uh, I'm up 5.91%. Oh, not a, not damn. Bad. Look at Brandon killing it while everybody else is like saying, sell, it's awful market. The, the <laughs> that's hell your, is flowing that's down from the sky and fire is everywhere. And Brandon's wow, over here like, I just made 5 to 10% again. That's that's when you buy. That's when you buy. When everybody's running through the streets, when there's blood in the streets, that's that's when you buy. Right. I mean, we say that, but it's hard for people to do it because we've been saying that for about you know what three, four weeks now, around there, saying, hey, start building positions, slowly build your positions. People, and you even said that, like, you know, people would think that you're crazy buying right now, but that's just it because they're not the ones who are making money. Most people, 90% of people who try to retail trade will end up losing in the first year. That's a stat I just made up right now, but you know, (laughs) it's probably right. It's probably true. and uh, the, I the, think it's 75% in the first six months. There, see, ex- see, there you go. And uh, it's, it's because it's you don't really understand how everything works yet, and you're, you're still trying to figure it out. And that's why we say paper trade for a little bit, slowly dip your toes in the water and build your positions, man. Yeah. Cool. What else you got, Brandon? Did I mention Elon Musk yet? We kind of went on a little trip there. We, we did go on a trip. We have not mentioned Elon okay. Musk yet this show. So Elon, we have mentioned Elon, him many times. <laughs> Elon says we are he, okay. So he was at, at a Miami uh, investment con- conference called All In, which God, that name just drives me insane already. Like, I feel like I feel like I would hate everybody there. No offense if you went there and you listened to the show. I love you. No offense. But uh, anyways, he said we're already in a recession. He thinks, and it could last a year to 18 months. And then he says recessions are not necessarily a bad thing. I've been through a few of them. What tends to happen if you have a boom that goes on too long, you get a mislocation of capital. It starts raining money on fools. He's right. He's totally right about that. It seems like he's read a little bit um, on the Austrian business cycle theory, which is just essentially that, but that these booms and busts are are driven by central banks and federal reserves, which I, I subscribe to that theory. But um, I mean, he might be right, but I don't think it's going to be a year to 18 months though. You, you were talking about the stress tests, right? Um, at least earlier, personally, we were talking about the stress tests and, and all the big banks passed them. Um, Thanks for stealing thank, my thunder thank, here. Thank, Thanks for stealing my thunder. That's, that's, that was one of the things I was going to bring up. It's fine. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes, so bank, all the big banks bank, passed them. You mentioned that Bank of America had a little bit worse of a time and all that, but the big banks did pass. So this doesn't look like it's going to be anything like 2008. No, so the, no. You know, it doesn't look like it's going to be anything like that, you know, the housing crisis that we all live through. And it seems to me that's what people were pricing in. So as soon as it turns out to not be another 2008, the stock market, you mentioned that I've mentioned that the stock market increases, it goes back up, it recovers before the actual economy does. That's when it's going to happen. That's when the stock market's going to go back up when we realize it's not as bad as we thought. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah. And so a couple of things here, man. Look, I, I agree with Elon Musk that we are in a recession. I do not agree with this timeline. And I do agree that uh, times of recessions are good for weeding out weaker companies who are not financially stable and, and need to readjust. Um, those, those are all good things that could come from a bad thing. Right. 
Yeah. Um, so you try to find a silver line in those items. However, um, yes, the banks did have stress tests this week. The U.S. government put stress tests on the banks every so often. Thank you, Brandon, for bringing that up. Uh, they did. It had nothing but good news to say about all the banks. Bank of America was the worst performing. And even then, they would only have about a 2% uh, decrease in earnings per share. And they would have to just maintain their dividends, not go up and quit and stop buybacks. And all the banks would be just fine. And so that tells me, like you said, it's, it's not going to be deep on the banks. Now, my concern is with individuals, Brandon, because when I talk to a lot of individuals, a lot of individuals are have, you know, they, they have all these personal loan programs, like through a firm and through other things, buying, buying things they really don't need. And they've overextended their, their capacity. And, but household uh, debt is up, keeps going up to historic levels. The U.S. American consumer has been really resilient to this since 2009 that, you know, our household debt has gone up and up and up consistently. And everybody's like, well, we could just keep going higher. Right. Well, eventually it's got to stop. <laughs> eventually it's got to hit a ceiling somewhere, um, at least a ceiling for a short period of time so that wages can catch up with the household income debt. But uh, yeah, I, I'm concerned about the individuals. The big banks will be fine, yes. But individuals, no. Smaller businesses that are aren't quite well capitalized, they would hurt, maybe disappear. Uh, Stitch Fix, I believe, was one that you know they were cutting massive amounts of layoffs, and they were saying all kinds of bad news. They may be one that you know disappears if they can't get their stuff back in line. There's a lot of other uh, companies that aren't well uh, organized that might 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 go away. I mean, we're talking before. I mean, I can't talk about it on the show about certain companies, but there's certain companies, certain industries that are losing major parts of market share and it's not looking good for them. You know, they might have to cut back and close down some stores and there's other, there's a lot of bad that's going to happen in the next three months to companies that have not set themselves up to be successful, which is why I like a Walmart because Walmart will be here on the other side doing just fine is what I believe. If I'm going to buy a store or something with a storefront, I'm looking at a company like Walmart. Yeah. Go retail. Um, as far as big box goes. Um, and I told, I said to not buy it back in January, but that was because it was too expensive and inflation hadn't been priced on yet. Um, and now it is. And I, it still looks to me like they're going to hold on to a very, very tiny net margin through all this. It's crazy, isn't it? How they do that? Yeah, they, I thought they'd so be negative. Well Target went ne- Target went negative. Yeah, for a little bit, they were negative for a little bit. They weren't making any money, and uh, but Walmart was able to hold on to it. So if you got a company like that, that that net margin may be small, but the volume makes up for it, then yeah, it'll come back, and the earnings will go up on it. So you might look at it right now. The price to earnings ratio on Walmart might look high, but. The price, uh, price to earnings, may, it may not look so high after the next one, you know, after the next earnings. If if they are able to have some sort of pricing power where they're able to increase prices a little bit, maintain that net margin, and then inflation starts to roll over, their profits will grow. So the earnings will go higher. So the price to earnings will look better. I, you know, that's, I agree about Walmart is basically what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way. I, I get you, 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 but you cover it from more of an analytical uh, side point, uh, and I go at it from a straight macro. Yeah. Yeah, I've always said, you know, I'm the roundabout way. 
Yeah, I'm uh, I'm John Madden and you're Al Michaels. I'm like, oh, they just yell, sell more than you spend. You're going to make money. And Brandon breaks it down and gives you the stats and everything. That's my John Madden impression, if you haven't heard it yet on the show. Um, but, yeah, so, so as far as what Elon said at the, at the conference, yeah, the, the economy and everything, we, we, we will come out the other side, but there will be more slowdown. And uh, and I think we need it, man. We need the U.S. consumer to slow down this pace of spending because they can't keep it up. Not when we have to cre- create so many financial solutions in order to keep this going. At some point, it's going to hit a wall when you have to start creating more and more and more. And then we're going to start be creating an Affirm Plus. That's for people who have overextended a firm. You could go through a payment plan through a firm plus now. You know what I mean? It's like, where does it end? Yeah, it's not good. And the thing is, is if people stop doing that and if people started saving, then we could actually, you know, put a cap on inflation by ourselves. But um, that doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Uh, the intra, it'll be interesting to see what happens when if, if we have a credit crunch. So, yeah, those banks are they're doing all right, but they're going to want to stay doing all right. You know, so if we go into a recession and they start to get a little bit worried, then all of a sudden housing prices will come down, but it will be much harder to buy a house because you'll have to have that 650 credit score and 700, you know, right. It, lately, the past couple of years, it didn't matter if you were sub 600, they would still make up for it. They'd find yep. a way to get you in, in the house. Even if you were, your credit rating was in the 500 range, they would find a way to get you into it. That's not going to happen probably in the next year. So get your credit scores up, you know, pay down your credit card uh, bills and pay attention to those credit uh, credit scores, invest a little bit in yourself. And, um, you know, if we do enter in a recession, then maybe if you're looking for a house, then, you know, if you've got great credit, then you could buy a house for a very low price rather than buying it, you know, today or if you bought it last year when the housing prices were at their all time highs. So. Um, yeah, that's just uh, I, I'm as concerned about the credit situation as you are. And I don't think people are thinking long term. I think it's all about now. It's all about the instant gratification. And yep. that's not good. That's not yeah, good for society. That's, that's, been, that's, been, that's been a problem for American society for a while american consumerism materialism you could go down the rabbit hole down there we're not going to do that we want to teach people how to make money brandon yeah that's what we're all about here so part of it though like right get your credit score in line uh have a nice savings account and you can then and then you invest there you go man And, and you can buy things bigger houses with lower interest payments Nicer cars that won't break down on you like mine does right now. It has nothing to do with my finances. It's just my inability to ever get myself to buy a new car. I never. I don't think I'll ever do it. <laughs> I probably should, but. Yeah. Cool. Final thoughts, man. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I had one. Where'd it go? I don't know. I have some, if you don't, I'll go into mine. I'll go into my final thoughts. All right. So here's my final thoughts, guys. Uh, Yes, we are in a recession, Um, but there's some good and there's some bad for it. There's the the good is the banks are going to look like they're going to be just fine. If we do hit a recession, the stress has showed that they can withstand an economic downturn uh, similar to uh, uh, 2008. But, you know, 
they do have to make some changes if they do that. They have to, you know, quit doing buybacks, flatten out the dividends. You know, they got to make some adjustments, just like every, every everybody should have to do if we hit, it, it, we get even worse times. But that gives us some hope. That means that uh, we might be near a bottom um, here on the on on the inflation, the recession. I believe that we are getting there. I believe that you know, come October is when we should start seeing a return to uh, uh, stock market going up. This is just a guess. It may change as we get closer. But right now, I'm looking at October as the GDP numbers coming in for yeah. Q3. I believe they're going to be going positive. Um, if I'm wrong, that means we are in for that year, year and a half that Elon Musk is talking about recession. And, you know, that's that's not really a, a good thing um, in the short term. But in the long term, you could continue to build your positions and grow and and you're going to make money. Don't worry about it. It doesn't look like it's going to be as bad as I thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year. Um, and the rally today is not swaying me one way or another um, because I really don't know what to make of it. I don't know if that was short selling uh, or short covering, I mean, or, or what it was today. I always kind of have a two day rule on it. You know, if we have a big rally on it, just give it two days and we'll see if it's a short term bottom that we've called and, and how the market's reacting then. But um, at the same time, I don't I don't care that much. Uh, if I find a stock that is at value of a good company that I like, I will buy it and I will accumulate it over time. And um, odds are I will make money on it. So that's what I recommend everybody else doing. We can make these forecasts all day that the stock market might turn around by October. Historically, Dave's right about it. But you don't want to sit here and wait until October. That makes no sense. You want to start buying now and accumulating now. And Dave mentioned how you're not going to call a bottom. Sometimes you will, but it's not because you're skilled. It's mostly because you're lucky. So. <laughs> so true. So true. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what though, like I, you know me, I'm, I'm kind of like the, the um, I'm, I'm uh, I contradict a lot, like not myself, but other people. Right. I, I am very like kind of against the green kind of investor. That's just how I am. This bear market has been very boring. <laughs> I, I thought I was going to get much, a lot more exciting deals by now. And like, I, I, I found myself someday staring at my phone. Like, is this all you got? Come on. Some more. <laughs> I want Apple for like a P of 10. Give it to me. <laughs> right. You and everybody else. Yeah, but they won't though because that's the thing. Once Apple gets to a PE of ten, the whole world seems like it's burning, and retail investors stay away. Right, and it will. And also, I think I just keep using the Apple analogy here. When Apple will start dipping down, um, and it went down to like around one thirty-five. I think that's where one thirty, mm-hmm. and then it's, it's starting to move back up. I mean, it's it looks like it's it's stabilizing around 140 and it's hanging around around that mark right now is where it seems to be hanging. I don't know where I I saw the price of it. I don't know where the 200 day simple moving average is, but it would be very interesting to see what that is because that's usually where it hangs out at. It's uh it likes to go up and down. I I always I've, every time I've traded Apple, it's because it's dipped below that 200 day moving average. I buy it and then I make money and if, if I trade it, I I sell it, you know. Um, they say not to trade Apple. You should own it. I actually recommend owning it, but I did trade it, po- you know, positively quite a number of times. But okay, that's my final thought. I got there eventually. 
right? Hey, you know, that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, we hope you enjoy the show. Uh, we hope you have a good night. As always, this is Chinchilla Picking. Um, we hope we've been entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. Have a good night. Have a good night.